Hi, you've tuned in to the Lovely Travels podcast where we talk about all things travel and adventure. My name is Emma Lovell, also known as Lovely, and I have a mission to visit every UN-recognised country in the world while raising awareness for mental health. Join me as we revisit some of my past adventures, speak to fellow travellers and interesting locals, all while following the journey to 195 countries. I'll be joined soon by my co-pilot, Darius, in Germany. And sometimes we're even going to hit the road together. Make sure to join in the adventure by following me on Instagram, Lovely Travels. You can also join our Facebook group, Lovely Travels Community, and learn more about us at the website, lovelytravels.com. But for now, it's listening time. Travel vicariously along with us. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Lovely Travels podcast. Uh, This week it's just me doing the intro, uh, but I'm very happy to announce today's episode, which is Emma and her wonderful friend, uh, Bridie from South Africa. Um, Bridie is, on all accounts, a a wonderful host um, and made Emma's visit to South Africa all the more special, um, just welcoming her and, and sharing the culture and the sights um, of beautiful South Africa. Um, so stick around. Uh, in this episode, you will hear about sharks and South African food, heaps of travel tips, uh, local phrases so you can practice before visiting. Um, you can also find out what Emma's dad and I have in common. Um, I won't uh, give away too much, but keep a lookout for that. Um and Bridie's also done her research and, and gives us some some travel tips for the more adventurous among you who are looking to visit South Africa or maybe looking for a place to visit for some adventure. Um, she also did her research and backs it all up with some facts, which is uh, always very impressive to me. So um, I just finished editing the episode and uh, I had a great time listening and I'm sure you will too. So, get listening and enjoy. Welcome to the Lovely Travels podcast, Bridie, our guest for today. Thank you for having me, Emma. I'm happy to be here. Yes, you're my number one South African friend. (laughs) I mean, I wonder if I do have other South African friends, but you're definitely number one. So I had to have you on for the South Africa episode. I must say, I usually, I usually in my head, I can't, it's, I wouldn't say it to you, but whenever I say South Africa, I say South Africa. (laughs) I can't. Do it without an accent. Actually, I just realized I have, we have two really good friends of Matt's who are South African, so they, I hope they never listen because I'll be highly offended, but you're my number one. Thank you. <laughs> so let's tell everyone, tell, just tell me who you are, um, but how do we know each other? So start off with who I am. My name is Bridie Schutz, and I am a wife to my husband, Luke, who is a doctor here in Cape Town, South Africa. And I am mom to two gorgeous children, Indy, who is our daughter, who just recently turned five, and Gray, who is our son, who is nine months old and was born in March 2020. (laughs) And um, I know Emma 
from our travels in London when we were both doing a, a working holiday trip from our respective countries and we met through a mutual friend, Lani, in London. Yes, it was pretty um, serendipitous because you were visiting your friend um, and I was visiting my friend and they happened to live together. And then, you know, and I think then we ended up hanging out more than you did with that friend. That's correct. (laughs) In the end, and you lived near me. You ended up living right near me as well, which was really fun. It was. uh, We had many good adventures. Travels to Prague, that's definitely one of my fondest memories. Yes, doing New Year's in Prague. And it's funny because um, I recently interviewed a girl called Lee who was, um, she's the one we were trying to find on New Year's who I'd bought the tickets for and we couldn't find yes. her. And then we ended up bumping into her in the largest um, club in Eastern Europe, <laughs> which is where we were having our New Year's. Uh, we somehow managed to find each other. So it was very, um, and then we hung out the next day, but it was yeah, it was a good trip. Yes, great memories. Yeah, really good. And, you know, at that time when we were in London, so 2006, which is like a million years ago, um, it was very much that there was the Australian, Kiwi, South African sort of group that we would f- sort yes. of migrate together, wouldn't we? <laughs> Yes, most definitely. The, the anti- many <laughs> Yes, walkabout. Oh, many, many. Uh, um, if anybody's ever been to the walkabout, I used to love when I, I go to visit friends in England or I was in Scotland one time. They said we wanted to take you to this bar. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called the Walkabout, and I said, um, just a bit familiar. <laughs> there's there's, a, there's a couple of them. Yes, I'll have those pink stained lips for the you yes. Know, for the rest of my life, I'll remember those. But um, oh <laughs> it was a good time. But So where do you live now? So currently we live in, in a suburb called Pinelands in Cape Town, South Africa. But and we... Then, sorry, you go. <laughs> no, I'm saying, but we, I certainly have, have lived in my fair share of places, both within South Africa and abroad. Yeah. So you were, but are you from originally from Cape Town? So originally from Johannesburg and moved here when I was 10 years old and been living here on and off ever since. Yeah. I remember you were in Durban. Was that for work or university? That's correct. So I moved to Durban for work, to work with Unilever, which is obviously a multinational company, so many of your listeners will be familiar with it. And I moved there and just had four years there were my definitely my most fond working memories um yeah definitely uh sort of laid the foundation for my career and made incredible lifelong friendships from from that experience but moved back to Cape Town because I just wanted the closeness of family and friends and um to be in a bigger city yeah okay so so Joburg's the biggest city of South Africa though that's the capital correct and then Cape Town is would be the next biggest and sort of, I guess, where most tourists would go and spend time. That's correct, yes. Yeah. And then Durban, do they get many tourists? Because it's, it's a beachy place, isn't it? There's good surf. Yes. Yes. So it's a very, it's a very, it's a coastal town. Um, they do get a fair amount of, of tourists, but um, I would say probably Cape Town's number one. Yeah. And then people are going to Joburg and then going to do, if, if people to do safari, they would probably yes. go to, to Joburg. 
That's correct, yes. And go from there. Because, yes, I, when I came to Cape Town, it was um, – I think there was a few options, but they were – they weren't the big five sort of safaris. Yeah, had a few like more right. animal parks yeah, type thing. Smaller safari parks, yeah, uh, located around Cape Town. Yeah, and you see more like just the rhinos and elephants, and I mean, you know, I say just a rhino and just an elephant. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, you don't really see those here, but still, people generally want to see the big cats, don't they? They do. Yes. Yeah. Do you have you done many safaris? I have. In fact, my family has timeshare up up north of Johannesburg um, in, well, the north of Johannesburg, the province is called Mpumalanga, and that's where the Kruger National Park is located. So we've spent many Decembers there and Christmases and New Year's, and it's, in fact, it's probably one of my best places to visit um, in the whole wide world. It's just spectacular and there's something about the bush that unless you've experienced it, won't have a first-hand account of, but it's it's truly magical. It's just, yeah, being one with nature, just experiencing the smell of nature, the sound of the thunderstorms. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really unbeatable and, yeah, will always have a special place in my heart. Now, what's the climate like? So is it where you're located is – what would December be like? It's is it your winter? No, you're south, no, so your summer. Yeah, yes. So our climate, our climate is quite similar, I would say, to to Australia. So we experience summer, obviously, November months onwards, um, and then we go into autumn, probably around May, and then obviously middle of the year is is our winter. Um, and I think we could probably equate certainly Cape Town to quite similar to your Melbourne climate. Um, so it can be quite I, chilly, like yes, hot, quite chilly. hot, cold, changeable yes. weather. Uh, yes. In fact, they often describe Cape Town as a city that can have up to four seasons in one day. So. Well, I didn't know before I came, but it's like one of the windiest places in the world. I mean, it's a cape, it is, it is. so it makes sense now, but it was the wind just like literally nearly blew us off our feet, but it was just like... Oh. It's and, um, bizarre. It's December's in in Cape Town are often renowned for being the most windy, um, <laughs> which is when I came to visit. <laughs> but, yes, exactly. But our our climate is quite mild, so our our um, winters are quite mild. We we don't we, we never drop below sort of um, you know we never below um, zero. Certainly not unless you're up in the sort of more mountainous areas where obviously you do get some occasional snowfall. But, yeah, we're quite mild. We're normally sort of in the upper low digits um, to sort of like mid-teens is, is the normal sort of winter for us, which isn't particularly cold. No, Not if you're from our world. <laughs> Not if you've done, yeah, been in Europe. But, I yes, mean, yeah, that was quite fortunate uh, for us. Yes. Yeah, I was trying to remember, though, because I was like, I don't, I'm thinking I'm totally getting massively confused because India, like it's a good time to go over the winter, which yes. is their December to February because it's the dry season and, so, and they have the similar thing if it's not yeah, as well. cold. So I was thinking yes. of that, but then I remembered my friends. Um, so I have a friend on the Gold Coast who's South African and he was telling us about if we did want to go and do a safari, he recommended around June or July because he yes. said it was – People don't want to go in the winter, and so the yes. prices were quite reasonable. But because we're used to that type of winter, 
it would be quite good and it was dry so I think a lot of the animals come out or something yes. like that so yeah he sort of said his top tip was to maybe go in the winter to safari if you could yes that would yeah, that'd be great so especially where the, the safaris are situated they have more ex, uh, more extreme climate than where I'm from so your summers which would be now you can easily reach 45 degrees celsius wow. on a really really hot day so in winter you know you'd experience quite a mild winter in those areas which would probably be upper teens low 20s um with very little rainfall but because of the lower temperatures that the animals are more inclined to come out so your your obviously your sightings or your prospect of sightings increases so it's definitely some good advice there and do they have any off season at all like, is there any time where the parks close completely or it's just year round no it's year round yeah yeah no I wondered I don't you know obviously it's um it, people going to Africa the continent yeah. uh, generally want to go and see animals but South Africa in particular Kruger being the most famous but I just wondered if yeah if you guys get like doing it or get sick of it or so as as locals, we actually probably quite bad at ex- at um, exploring our own countries, which is probably not unique to us. But no, <laughs> um, no, exactly. So there are quite a few, as you mentioned, smaller game parks located around Cape Town, the Western Cape. But generally, also those places are pitched to tourists. So often the prices are quite expensive. And often you would be looking at spending, a, you know, a small fortune on doing a safari here as a local. Um, And then, you know, as we would prefer then often to put that money towards saving to be able to go overseas. So we, yeah, unfortunately, we don't experience as much of it as we would like. Um, As I said, it is geared more towards sort of tourists. Um, But now that's obviously with post kind of um, pandemic, things are changing slightly because they're having to market more towards locals. Um, I actually personally haven't even done any local game parks but as I said I have frequented going to Kruger Park so yeah I haven't really needed to. No and that's it and you said to me like if you really want to go we can go but you're probably you know you may as well save it if you want to sort of see it you know if you want to kind of do the real thing um, to do it another time. So now as you said you've traveled and lived overseas quite a bit. Um, more yeah. recently, just tell us quickly, so you were living on a cruise ship. Correct. So for the last three years, my husband has been employed with a cruise liner, Princess Liners, as a, me- as a medical doctor on board. And I've been fortunate enough to join him on those travels as, as a relative travel, um, traveling with our then only child, Indy. And our first trip was out of Vancouver in Canada. And we've been traveling on and off for the last three and a half years. He would be, he would have contracts for three to four months. And I would be on for a period of time during those contracts, often joining late or coming back earlier. And yeah, we were able to explore most of the world. So we were able to see quite a lot of North America, um, a lot of Europe, um, a little bit of Asia, a little bit of Australia, um, a lot, a lot of the Caribbean and different islands, French Polynesia, New Zealand, those places. So the only uh, Central America and the only places we haven't a- been able to visit have been South America, unfortunately. 
Okay. Yeah, well, it was so cool. I think it was only like three days before or something that you messaged me being like, um, yes. <laughs> I'm going to be in Brisbane. Um, I think you live near there. Can I come see you and potentially stay with you? It was awesome. No, it was, it was such a lovely cool. surprise. I think that's probably one of the, apart from actually being able to explore the world, one of the best part, you know, parts of it was being able to reconnect with some old friends and family and especially getting to Australia, which, I mean, I have family living in, in um, Sydney, so I was able to stay with them for a couple of weeks and we hadn't seen each other in a long time and then able to meet up with you and I had an old friend of mine in Perth. So it's just, yeah, the benefit of being able to do that is oh, yeah, just invaluable really. Yeah. And I mean, as we've said, you know, it's now we're very clearly in the time of the pandemic. So cruises especially have stopped, um, but travelers stopped as well. So what a blessing in hindsight that you had all that time. Completely, yes. And so then having done all that travel, um, do you feel like you, and I mean, a funny time to come back, I know, but back to South Africa after, you know, in time pandemics, you can't do a lot of exploring, but what, has it made you appreciate about your home country? I think uh, the things that it's made me appreciate most is just is the people of this country. Um, you know, there's many things about South Africa that I absolutely love and promote. Um, where you know the people are fantastic. We have a amazing energy, with vibrance, culture, and and huge amounts of diversity both culturally and also in our landscape that many people don't don't know about. And I think being home, being stuck at home, firstly makes you have an appreciation for, I think this is, you know, this speaks to everyone everywhere, just how fortunate we are and how blessed we are and just taking into account the everyday kind of blessings. Um, and then just also greater appreciation for your home countries and being able to, you know, when because we were in such a strict lockdown and, having had a lot of that sort of held back from us. Smaller things is just experiencing the beach or being able to go for a hike on the mountain or being able to catch up with friends over, you know, a meal have just been like things that we've really, really just um, appreciated a lot more. And where you are, I mean, like Cape Town, you have some amazing spots. So um, I remember predominantly, you've just reminded me of we had this our cover photo for this episode is us on the beach and you, yeah. you'll have to say the name. What was the name of that beach? Landudno. Landudno. I think it's got like lots That's of right. L's, extra L's. In extra the, L's, two L's yes. in that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember that. I guess we had to go down a steep bit, didn't we? Yes. Get, yes. Yes. And then it's like a little cove That's kind correct. of thing. Yeah, it was just Great the most beautiful. beautiful summer day. And so that was – is that kind of a, a locals have to know that spot or – would that be somewhere tourists would go to? Um, it's probably more of a local spot than a, a you know, tourist hotspot. Um, I I would say that our other beaches that are more, you know, world-renowned would be sort of Camps Bay and Clifton. Um, they're probably easier to access as well as a tourist. Yes. Yeah, so we went to Camps Bay. Is that where the goldfish yes. thing was? Goldfish, is it called? Oh, yes. Uh, where, I don't actually you know was that I can't we recall exactly where that goes. and then there was a, a band yes, called think, Goldfish was it? yes um <laughs> I can't remember off the top of my head but now that you're saying that I mean there's lots 
I think was because names have also changed to places since then, so I can't recall. But now I'd have to rack my brain to remember exactly where that was. But and we must say, I was there t- in two thousand and eight. 12 years ago, um, mm-hmm. I went on a round-the-world trip. So I went, started off in South Africa visiting um, Bridie and her family, which was wonderful, uh, and then I kicked on to um, Tanzania and Kenya after that, as you do. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was awesome because that was South Africa was my first um, African country, oh. first yeah. place on the continent, and it was so nice to be. I remember you were quite excited because you were like, I don't, you had been, in England up until 2007 and so you were like oh don't we don't do a lot of this touristy stuff so you were um you were kind of nervous you were like I want to show you everything but I don't know what you want to do and you were the most wonderful host the only thing I requested because I got there and I did the horrible thing that people do of you said what do you want to do and I said anything (laughs) you're like okay Yeah, I'll do anything. I'm very easy to please, I must say. So um, you take me somewhere and I'm like, wow. One tip I got on the plane was Spears. And I don't think you had been there. Yes. Yeah, is that still there? Yeah, I know. Yes, that's still there. The wine farm is still there. I think we went to Moyo Restaurant, which was there, which I don't think is any longer any there. But yes, Spear, well, all our wine farms are de- are definitely not to be missed, but Spear is probably one of the more more famous of, of the wine farms. But just recounting now of your trip here, I remember actually my first horse riding experience, I think, was with you. When we yeah. went to, uh, yes, Komiki, was it Komiki Beach? Yeah. No joke. Yeah. That was quite an experience. Horse riding on the beach, as you do. Yes. <laughs> um, and we, well, the other place that really stood out was when we went to see the seals, and that was that in Hudson Bay? Harp Bay. Harp Bay. Harp, okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so I'll have to get Bridie to write all these down for us where we went because I'll be terrible. But, yes, there were the seals um, on this rock island thing. Yes, Seal Island. Well, there you go, Seal Island. <laughs> and because one of the other things that Cape Town's famous for is the shark cage diving, shark diving isn't it? correct, yes, yes. So a lot of people come there because you get the great whites like we do yeah. in Adelaide. So yes. uh, do you have many people getting attacked? No, um, no, no not, not at all. I mean, I'm not sure what Australia's sort of numbers are on those sorts of things, but, um, yeah, it's very... Um, Uncommon, uncommon to hear of shark attacks in because Cape Town is obviously we have quite cold water here, so the sharks tend to stay away from the coastline. But in Natal or Durban, um, there there's much warmer water. But that being said, yeah, it's very uncommon to hear of shark shark attacks. Not to say that there haven't been incidents; they have, but yeah, it's it's a rarity. It's common, yeah. I think our water is probably a bit warmer because it's it wasn't. Yes. yes, it wasn't overly. Um, warm the, the beaches were good no, but like some of the places are a bit chilly because you are yes. you're on that real I mean the cape you're right on that point we are, southern. Yes. so we're sort of where the Atlantic meets the Indian but we probably have a lot more of the sort of Atlantic water cold Atlantic waters here yeah yeah um but yes Camps Bay was and I th- we must have gone to so you said Clifton wasn't it yes yes I think we might Clifton have gone Beach, yes. out there Sometime. I think we could have, yes. I'm sure. But uh, a place, I'm going to ask you, what's your favourite food in South Africa? 
So this is quite a um, tricky, tricky one to answer because my, my favorite food or cuisine that I actually eat frequently in South Africa is Italian, <laughs> which is not <laughs> South African food, but I think what a lot of people don't know about South Africa who have not traveled here um, is that we have some of the most incredible food. And I think I can say this now um, with a lot of knowledge after having traveled, um, but because we have such a diversity and range of culinary traditions that are representative of the different um, nationalities of people who live here. So there's lots of different strong influences that come from the different um, groups of people. So there's a strong sort of Asian influence, a Malay and an Indian influence, there's French influence, there's Dutch influence. So it's quite difficult when people ask what is specific to South Africa because we, yeah, we definitely have a very sort of like cosmopolitan cuisine um, and yeah, so my favorite is, is Indian. But if I think of what is specific and traditional to South Africa, which you won't experience anywhere else in the world, is what we call a bribe, yes. which is the equivalent of the Aussie barbecue. Yes. Except we traditionally cook over coals, so we don't use gas. Mm-hmm. And what we, what we use on those bribes, which is specific, again, to South Africa, apart from your other uh, meats, which, which are more common, is what we call buravos. Yes. Which is a South African sausage. Yes. A big, very long sausage wrapped in a, a spiral very long usually. Coiled sausage. Yes. 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 And that's and that's very unique to our country and something that I would say if you're visiting to try your best to experience a South African brine. Um some other more traditional foods would probably be biltong, which yes. um, yeah. again traditionally maybe is well. well more commonly known elsewhere is maybe jerky, or at mm-hmm. least in the States it is. Um, another thing would be what we call a poiki course, which is a sort of a stew which is cooked on a pot over, over coals. So those are things that are more unique in South Africa, but they're things that we don't eat, or apart from the burrowbos and abraia, that we don't eat necessarily on a super regular basis. Yes. Yeah, you're not eating it all the time. But, uh, yes, yes, no, I always think of uh, the Borovos. And I saw you post yes. something funny today, which was like um, people yes. who are worried about the vaccine. If you've ever eaten a Borovos on a certain street, in, then you're fine with the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> so is that something like, is it a street food that, or, or that it is, it's like a, a roll with a with the Borovos? That's correct. So Borovos, a Borovos or a Buri roll would be your Borovos, which is cooked on the coals, and then like a hot dog roll. And so it's, yeah, so it's basically, yeah, a Borovos roll. And, and something with some that onion or something. Yes. Like, do you do like, so like a hot dog with, you know, we do the sausage sizzle, you do a Borovos roll. That's right. They do a hot dog, you know, everyone's got a, a meat on a bread. <laughs> with some whatever is um you know whatever condiment is is popular so we use tomato sauce um and sometimes chutney which again i think is maybe a south african thing um and or mayonnaise or uh, mustard and then yes also more commonly um some sauteed um onions or something like that on the side yeah 
the mayonnaise would be the Dutch influence, I think. Yes. <laughs> they love a little bit of the correct. mayo with everything. But yes. I do remember, I think, I think it was your dad was like, you know, we're going to have a braai. And I was like, oh, my God, a real braai. <laughs> I was so excited yes. to have it. We, we had a couple, of t- a couple of events while I was there because it was it, December is the socialising season. So yes. it was very nice to be. So the like, popular thing to do when you're socialising is to have a, a braai, to have a group of people around and have a braai. And because of the way we do it, a bride can go on for four hours. So it's just a wonderful way to get together with a group of friends um, and, and yeah, uh, just have some socialising. I love it. And so we've talked about some places, but um, where do you think first-time travellers to South Africa should go? So uh, this is, might be a slightly biased answer, but for <laughs> me most, most certainly one has to visit Cape Town when coming to South Africa. Um, Johannesburg is probably more of the business capital of the country and from there obviously you can access as we spoke about um, some of your more famous um, wildlife parks or uh, national parks Um, but from Cape Town as we also spoke about you can do that from here too and again um, as I've mentioned South Africa just has such diversity in terms of things that that we offer um, we have the bush, we have coastal areas, we have the beaches, uh, we have the mountains, um, we have the wetlands, we we have everything. So it really caters to everybody's appetite and there's just such a range of activities that you can do around the different things. Um, but if, yeah, specifically if you come to Cape Town, most definitely have to visit the wine farms, have to do Table Mountain, go up Table Mountain on, our, on the cable car. Um, if you're a little bit more brave, you can hike. You can do that from various different areas and hike up to the top of Table Mountain. Is that uh, and is the Lion's Head? Is that Lion's Head? Yes, yes, that's still definitely a very popular thing to do to hike to the top of Lion's Head, and very achievable on varying levels of fitness. And um, there's lots of beautiful walks that we offer here, and we have Kirstenbosch Gardens. Um, which just was representative of the the range of sort of flora flora that we get here um, and what is more specific and unique to South Africa which or Cape Town, which is called Fanbos. So you can see all of that from from Kirstenbosch Gardens. And then we have the Winelands. So we have different little towns that are based out in the Winelands, just beautiful little remote areas that you can visit. Like Stellenbosch? Would that be one? Stellenbosch would be one. Franschhoek is another they're just beautiful little wine towns where you can. We have a range of beautiful um, restaurants and hotels that you can do and different activities. Um, so yeah, the the list is the list is really endless in terms of, of what you can do and see here in in South Africa. Yes, I have a top tip for Table Mountain. Um, yes, we, we 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 were naughty with this one. Don't save it for your last day because if the wind is high. <laughs> then you will not be allowed on the cable car and you will not be going to the top. I remember getting out of the car and we opened the door and I stepped away from it and it slammed shut and the car was shaking. It was that windy and we were like, "Um, I don't think we're going to walk up this mountain. And the cool thing was I loved with Table Mountain that they called – they said when the cloud comes and it just comes really quickly and it sweeps over the top like a, like a fog and it engulfs it and they're like, oh, the tablecloth's gone over the 
over yes. the table mountain. Uh, here comes the tablecloth. And it does. It just really, it just, this cloud just engulfs the mountain. It's quite spectacular to, um, to watch. And, you know, and that could happen for a few hours and then you're back to sunshine. Exactly. But I think that's some sage advice is that, yeah, do not delay going up Table Mountain. Your first good day, I would take the opportunity to do that. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, but I have to go back though. You know, that's, it was you just you exactly. making me come back really, wasn't it? Well, you'll have to bring math and baby and do that. <laughs> Definitely. And it's also, um, yeah, it's probably one of the few activities that is extremely weather dependent. So, yeah, it would be wise to go when the weather is good. Yeah. And now what should, and I will touch on it briefly because um, yes. South Africa does have a troubled history. Um, is there anything that people yes. should know yes. coming in about South Africa and sort of about that history or or some things that they should just be aware of in terms of some of the cultural, I guess, say challenges there? Yeah, so I think it's South Africa is an extremely complex country. Um with a very unique set of challenges and also a not so unique set of challenges. Um, but obviously there are things which as a tourist would be very visible to you. And that would specifically be the inequality of the people who live here. So you coming out of the airports in Cape Town, you will drive along the highway and on both your left hand, right hand side, you will drive through what, what we call townships or squatter camps. Yeah, um, which are basically like shanty towns, shanty villages. Slums, maybe people would be yes. familiar to. Yeah, which is yeah, um, which are sort of houses that people have um, used their own material to build houses out of, which is specifically you know your your iron, etc. And um, you know, just a couple of kilometers further, you will drive into some of the richest suburbs in the world where people have multi-million dollar mansions nestled you know within the mountains or along the coast or, or along the beaches yeah so it's you know it's something that obviously as South African it's not something that we're not um what's the word I'm looking for um you know we're totally aware of it but it's not obviously as shocking to us as a tourist who would come in and see this and mm. um yeah, it's just it's just unfortunate that we we do have probably one of the, the biggest sort of unequal populations um, where there are people living in extreme poverty and there are people who have extreme amounts of wealth. Um, and that, again, just equates to, I guess, years of oppression of certain um, population groups who have not been able to to experience the same privilege as other people and to speak more sort of directly, it's, you know, during apartheid, obviously the black people mm. in the country were oppressed and they were yeah. segregated and they weren't given the same opportunities um, as white people were. And so in a lot of ways they've been disadvantaged and set back. And that's not to say that all black people now are poor, but it obviously years of experiencing that, um, have led to to an unequal population where yeah we're we're working through challenges that that will probably take a lifetime to get out of um, and that's that's difficult but on the other hand there are things about South Africa that will truly capture your heart um, and will give you an unforgettable experience and a holiday unlike any you've had anywhere in the world and I think what is beautiful about our country is the people 
that's even though a lot of people do come from um, disadvantaged um, backgrounds, you will just see such a wonderful heart that is just ready to welcome tourists. And yeah, I think that's something we you know urge people to come and visit visit our beautiful country because we are so dependent on tourism as mm. being a big part of what drives our economy. Absolutely. And I just, I think it's just good to know and, you know, just to have a little bit of a, because it can be, like you said, a bit shocking and a bit, um, and to see yes. the divide, um, but to understand that it's like, because I think some people can walk in and be like, oh, this should be better or why haven't you fixed it? Yes. Or it's been 30 years, yes. 40 years. Why is this still happening? And it's like, just yes. understand that, it, you know, you, you can't walk in and put your own, you know, and we, we're not without our problems. <laughs> I don't think, you know, last year has proven, you know, what happened in America, Black Lives Matter, and it's, it's, a, it's a problem in many countries. And, um, you know, you can't just come in with your own societal view or cultural view and, and say, well, you should be doing this or should, you should be doing that. So I just would encourage people to maybe just do a little bit of reading and also, yes. you know, be inquisitive, be open to learning and to, you know, seeing what's around you as opposed to um, deciding before you go that that's what it's going to be like or, as I said, getting all high and mighty. And, um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, I loved it. absolutely loved my time there and I felt so welcomed and um, only wanted to see more and explore more um, and want to come back and explore more and I, I love I would love to see, as I would in other places, and I think one place that does it really well is New Zealand. I don't know if you experienced, but seeing those that fusion of culture and getting to get yes, yes. getting to see the bits of both uh, and the histories of all of them, then how that you know goes into the big melting pot that adds to it, and it's like yes. you know there's there's a heart and there's a rhythm and there's a pulsing like, that African sort of beat. vibe beat yeah, yeah. <laughs> it yes. does it's got a rhythm and it's just it does you know I, I, I loved loved getting to see that mix it's really it's fantastic yeah lovely um so why I wanted to ask you as well as there any because you have uh Afrikaans there yes. so mostly speaking English as the, correct yes but there's also Afrikaans. So are there any words or phrases that would help people when they're traveling? So just to, to actually clarify on that, one thing a lot of people also don't know about South Africa is that we actually have 11 official languages. Wow. So, yes, it's, I think I, w- I stand corrected. I'm not sure about the facts around this, but I would, I would, you know, I would wager a guess that that's probably one of the most in the world. So yeah, there are eleven languages, and um, but South Africa, but sorry, English is the most widely spoken, um, and then Afrikaans, and then some of the um, more widely spoken native languages would be Xhosa and Zulu, um, and then there's obviously another seven from there. Um, is Swahili there too? Or? Yes, Swahili is here too. Yes, yes. So there's 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 quite a lot um, of different languages, and each tend to borrow from one another. So there are lots of different slang words and phrases that you will hear South Africans say that would be very unique to our country. Yeah, yeah. I always just the one that sticks with me is lekker. Yes, lekker was one of the ones I was going to bring up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure a lot of people, if you've you've mixed with South Africans, would have heard us using that word lekker, which means nice or great. 
So yeah. it would just be like, that was a lacquer bra or oh, that was a lacquer movie. That was a lacquer experience. Yeah. Very <laughs> widely spoken South African word. Yeah. Yeah. And another one would obviously be braai, which I've spoken about is equivalent to barbecue. Another thing that we love to say here um, is ish, which is like a, colloqu- a colloquial like exclamation or surprise, like ish, I dropped my phone. And it's not something that's, you know, we speak to too commonly but it's something you might hear South Africans say and then obviously we spoke about burabos yeah and another one we like to use is a word called jol j-o-l which is a party it's <laughs> that was a great jol that was a great experience or party a jol yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't remember hearing that it's cool I always I think as well in terms of just the English phrases but um for me if I'm ever um trying to mimic the South African I say is it and is really, it, is, it, yeah. is it really? <laughs> and sort of they're like, okay, oh yes, like acknowledge. Um, yeah, we like to say how's it as well. How's it? How's it? Yeah. Version of how are you? And yeah, we say yeah a lot, um, which is yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's really I love the intonation and actually my dad's favorite accent in the entire world is a South African woman's accent so oh, wow. <laughs> so there you go I, I think I've told I might have said that to you but I was like you have to talk to my dad on the phone it's like his favorite he just loves the intonation of the way okay. you'll have to share the podcast with him then <laughs> and, I, and actually Darius my co-host he likes um well, he, I think he likes, I don't think is it Dutch women speaking English or Dutch women speaking Dutch. So he probably would like the South okay. African accent too because you'd have that Dutch inflection as well. Yes. <laughs> so do you speak Afrikaans fluently? So I, so when we, when we go through schooling with, with here in South Africa, you, go, you do English obviously as a first language and then you would do Afrikaans or an elect um, local African language as a second language. So although I matriculated, which is the same as just getting your high school diploma or qualification with Afrikaans, I actually don't speak it too fluently, neither me nor my husband do. Um, we understand it quite well, but I think we, because we don't speak it commonly because we're an English household, both of us grew up in English households, it's not a language we hear and much outside of the workplace so you'll find that in a lot of South Africa specifically Cape Town that Cape Town is quite a um, lot of Afrikaans speaking um, people that they would speak that a lot in the workplace so we understand it but we're not too confident on the speaking front there you go yeah wow so you have to really listen carefully when you're in South Africa to make sure you're on the right language um, channel I love it. Now, is there anything to avoid if people were coming to South Africa? Is there anything they should be avoiding or sort of things that you would say, maybe don't do that on your first go? Yes. So I think, again, you know, like any country in the world, you would be aware of places that you would tend to avoid. um, And every every city has those places. That's not specific to us. Um, It might be slightly more widespread. Um, but you would definitely, you know, you would definitely as a tourist want to stay in more popular tourist areas um, to not to not explore places on your own, yeah. um, to definitely go with other people. Um, and I'm talking about places that are not tourist attractions. Obviously, you could do all of that on your own. Um, but 
Yeah, I think if you're going to want to get a full South African experience and perhaps do something like a township tour, which I definitely would recommend because there are some incredible things to see and people to mix with and different cultures to be exposed to. Um, so I would definitely recommend that, but I would recommend that as part of a larger tourist group and to go on an organized tour when doing that, to not do that alone. Um, also, I would say that, you know, obviously at night to yes. tend to stay in more popular, to tend to stay in more um, populated areas, um, to not walk alone at night, um, to not walk around with um, visible valuables. Um, again, that, you know, is, is, is just being more streetwise. Um, as I mentioned, there are a lot of poor people in South Africa who will take advantage of people who are wearing an expensive camera around your neck, you know, in the middle of night or to speaking on a cell phone um, in a, um, you know, isolated area or desolate streets, those things that I would say don't do. Yes. Um, but, it, you know, I wouldn't exclude any particular area as such. No, I think that there's lots that different areas offer. It would just to be smart around when you visit those places and who you're with and obviously always letting people know your whereabouts. Yeah, and the, those are common sense things. But I think when a country has um, a lower socioeconomic group as well, yes. um, then it has to be that way and and. Um, I know that, yeah, my dad was there in 2019 again. That was his second trip. And I was just like, you know, just try and, yeah, there's certain areas that will be better to stay in as a tourist. Yes. Um, yes. And that they were recommended as part of a conference as well that probably stay in this area or this area. I think they ended yes. up staying down, is it, it's near the waterfront. What was that waterfront yes. called? The VNA yes. waterfront, Victoria and yes. Alfred waterfront. Yes. yes. So I think he ended up staying down there which, which is just yeah. a lovely spot so it's not a terrible exactly. thing. beautiful spot <laughs> <laughs> um do you have a fun fact for us about South Africa that we might not have known otherwise yes. I actually I did I actually looked this up before because I wanted to share something that was accurate obviously <laughs> and not just not just personal or um subjective so um some things um one of the things that I did see was that we actually have the highest commercial bungee jump in the world. So if you are, if you enjoy some adventure or some adrenaline, if you're a bit of an adrenaline junkie, this would definitely be a place to visit because we offer that. Uh, we also offer sort of, um, you can do paragliding off the mountain. You can do, um, um, abseiling off the mountain, you know, um, you can do all, all those different activities. Um, but, yes, as I said, what is a unique fact is that we do offer the highest bungee jump in the world. And then South Africa also um, is one of the few countries in the world that has deserts, wetlands, grasslands, bush, forests, and mountains all within one country. So you would not um, normally find that in other countries in the world where you are able to just – explore that's the vastness of of our landscape and just the yeah. diversity of our landscape yeah the different ecosystems yeah absolutely yeah and that's such a um it's a different type of travel isn't it like I think in Australia this similar thing where we 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 don't have as much of that a lot of people when they're going to Europe and things like that or um Egypt or India you've got that uh, sort of um civilized culture history yes. Um, we have a lot of history in our land and we have yes. a lot of um, a lot of the things that you're going to 
really why you need time in both of our countries is because you're going to see, if you want to see landscapes, that's the thing that our countries have to show. So you just 100%. need some more yes. time. It's Whereas you can go to a European city for three days and, and really get a sense of the culture and, and the history and feeling for the country. Yeah. But yeah. with South Africa and Australia, you, you need time. That's very aptly said, yes. Yeah. And, and also the different provinces in our country offer different, you know, different aspects. Um, you know, you may not get them all within Cape Town or within Durban or, or Johannesburg. Um, so if you're coming here, you'd want to spend a couple of weeks just exploring, exploring our beautiful country. Um, We're and also both yes, very far away. <laughs> so you're going to go all the way there. Some time for jet lag. <laughs> You're going to go so far, you may as well, you know, really make a trip of it. So, yeah. And note that despite the fact that we're both in the south of the world, we are both quite far from each other. It's an 11-hour flight or something, isn't it? I think it's, yeah, uh, from Johannesburg to Perth, which would be your, what, your most western city. Yeah, yeah I think it's about 11 hours, one, uh, yeah, nonstop. In yeah. fact, yeah, no, I think that is 11 hours, yeah. Yeah, it's massive. <laughs> And so which, when would be the best time to, we talked a little bit about it in terms of safari, but when would you say to get that kind of more holistic experience, taste of everything, what would you say is the best time? So for me personally, it would have to be in our summer months, which as I mentioned is probably from November to April, um, maybe end of March to be safe. Um, but probably the best month, that Cape Town has would be um, would be January February because it's less of a windy mm. less of a windy month, <laughs> so you get the benefit of the beautiful sunshine without experiencing the the, the havoc of being you know <laughs> in a very windy city. Yeah, so yeah, I'd say windy. <laughs> definitely, and January too. But so February for me is definitely the best month. Oh, that's lovely. And, and probably also slightly less busy from a tourist perspective. Mm. So, you know, in a, no, a normal non-pandemic year, you know, December, January would be very, very busy with tourists, Peaks not only there. international but also local. Yeah, well, I mean, it's that time I mean, you you celebrate Christmas. As, so I think there's a lot of people who plan their, some, their holiday around that and um, – you know, people who probably live away because there's a lot of South Africans living in other places. We've got a huge South African population in Australia. Um, so they must come flock home at that time yes. to visit the family. Yes, exactly. So you have your functions around that time. Exactly. And so it doesn't have to be South African related, but um, it can be. Do you have a travel tip for us? So this is a tip that I personally <laughs> Um, experienced in my travels most well whilst we were whilst my husband was working on a cruise ship and I think it would be good advice for anybody is definitely to pack light it's something <laughs> I've learned the hard way what especially when I traveled alone with my daughter and had to push a pram and carry multiple pieces of luggage but I've learned that you can get away with you know a limited amount of of luggage or, or clothing and yeah, I mean, at best, if you can carry it on your back, that's even better. But <laughs> I yeah. think sometimes that's difficult because we want to pack for all different um, eventualities and 
possibilities with climate change and whatnot. But I would say, yeah, pack light and um, yeah, be open for for adventure. Be open to adventure. Um, I think, yeah, see where it takes you and and be spontaneous. And I think, yeah, you'll just be able to experience a lot of what the world has for you. Ah. Yeah, just I'm just dying to get back there now. I, I loved my time in South Africa. You were the most wonderful host. Um, I was quite Thank young you. when I came. Um, it got it twelve years ago. It's ridiculous, but I'm so want to bring my husband, and he's got some close friends who are from there, so he's heard a lot over the years about it too, and, and wanted to come. But um, yeah, I just think one one thing I remember there it was it's quite affordable for a lot of other places yes. and uh, yes, we drank the co- you know being a young person and we were going out quite a bit um the price of the cocktails just kept blowing me away I just couldn't get over it. I think it was like 18 rand or something which was like worked out to my like six dollars or something for a very nice yes. cocktail and I was like what <laughs> like it just Really enjoyed the cocktails for that reason so um not that they maybe are particularly the best cocktails in the world but they were Good and well priced, so I enjoyed. That's good, yes. <laughs> and then the place that I was going to say before, there was uh, somewhere I had to go because I had South African friends, and that was, and it's going to escape me now. Is it Spurs? No. Spurs. Yes. No, no, the burger, the burger place. What's it called? Yeah. No, steers. Steers. Oh, steers. Okay, there's steer and there's spur actually, and both. Oh. Both offer uh, beef burgers, which are, yeah, unmatched, really. <laughs> yes. And so I had this person who's just like, if you're going, you're going back home, you have to have a burger. And I have this, like, you know, you take hundreds of, well, I take hundreds, probably thousands of photos. But I have this photo because I had to take it for him of me standing outside the steers with my, you know, arm up being like, yeah, I did yeah. it. I had the burger. So, yeah, I liked it. It was good. <laughs> so that's good. my top tip. No, my tip is go, 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 um, and don't just go for safari. I mean, safari is obviously a massive highlight. I haven't even done it yet, but I know it will be amazing. But there's South Africa has a lot more to offer than just safari. Hundred percent. And just know that you and Matt and Baby are welcome anytime that you come. I can't wait. Thank you so much for your time, lovely, and I look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you for having me, Emma. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Um, Already looking forward to the next one. Uh, We also have a rather extensive back catalogue for you to check out. Um, But in the meantime, you can uh, follow us on Instagram, that's at lovely travels on instagram or you can come and check us out on facebook lovely travels that's l-o-v-e-l-l-y or we would love for you to join our facebook community uh, with more than 500 members talking all things travel and adventure that's the lovely travels community you can also visit our website which is lovelytravels.com or shoot us an email. We love hearing from our listeners. So please send us an email, feedback, comments, questions, whatever. Info at lovelytravels.com. And you can listen, review, subscribe, like, share, and promote our podcast in any shape, way, or form. Uh, we are on Spotify, iTunes, the internet, uh, Google Podcasts, 
everywhere where you get podcasts, you will find us. All good podcasting locations. So tune in next time, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you then. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.